long-term fixture for the New York Mets. We'll discuss that on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we are going to discuss Ronnie Mauricio and if the Mets know anything about what he's going to mean to them in the future at this point, as we've now seen the first 20 games of his big league career. I'll talk about the frustration of that sample size um, and what we could take from it in the first segment. In the second segment, I want to compare Mauricio and Brett Beatty and where they're at heading into the next season a little bit. Then, to close the show, we'll look at the series ahead with the Mets about to play the Marlins yet again and also Anthony Kaye's return to the Mets organization. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the managing editor. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Well, the Mets got killed this weekend. They got swept by the Phillies in a four-game series. Uh, they pushed the Phillies' magic number down to just one so they're that close to making the playoffs. It is pretty clear that that series next weekend probably won't matter at all. It'll just be a time for the Phillies to get themselves ready and in line to go into the wild card round. That's that's probably where we're going to be at here. So I don't want to talk about the games this weekend. Ronnie Mauricio hit his second home run as a New York Met on Sunday, and that is what I do want to discuss. He hit a laser. It's about 112.9 miles per hour off the bat to left field. And again, flashed that potential, that ooh, that ah factor. He's played 20 games now for the New York Mets. And on the surface, if you've been watching, you'd say this kid has the chance to be a star. This kid looks like the second best rookie the Mets have had this year. We're obviously putting Kodai Senga aside here. I'm looking at the position players. It's Alvarez is the guy that's definitely going to be a starter for the New York Mets. And what Mauricio has shown in this one month rivals anything we saw from Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty all year. You can say that for certain. Yet, you peel back a layer. You, you actually look at the fine print. Look at the 20 games and the numbers he's put up. He's hit 260. That's not bad. 305 on base. 377 slug, two home runs, seven runs scored, nine RBIs, six stolen bases. What does all that amount to in production? A 682 OPS. Doesn't really jump out. His weighted runs create a plus. Okay, WRC plus, league adjusted stat, measuring hitters on an average of 100. Ronnie Mauricio's WRC plus after hitting this home run is up to 90. 10% worse than your league average hitter. You look at his F war, and now the home run is going to juice this. So this is going into the game 
today that hasn't been updated. It'll be updated in the morning. His F4 was 0.2 going into the game. Minus 0.6 comes from his offense, minus 0.2 from his defense, and one win from what he's done on the bases, which makes sense dealing six games or six bases in 20 games. All of this is to say we haven't learned anything at this stage. It reminds me a lot of spring training. Ronnie Mauricio hit four home runs in spring training, and everyone was clamoring for him to you know, get more playing time in spring and then you know maybe make the team. And everyone was so excited about what Ronnie Mauricio could mean for the New York Mets in 2023. But then when you looked at his final numbers, he hit 242 with a 286 on base. His slugging percentage was ridiculous because he had four home runs. But all of those came early. I think he might have had a multi-home run game in spring training. And he hit some bombs. I mean, he hit one, you know, over that berm, you know, looking right field in Port St. Lucie. There's, you know, that hill that everyone can sit out on. There's a concession stand. And he hit it over all of it. And he has those flashes where, wow, Ronnie Mauricio. And then you look at the stats and they leave something to be desired. By season's end, we're going to probably have seen 26 games from Ronnie Mauricio if he plays the last six. He has hit safely in 16 of 20 games so far. That That's really good, right? His strikeout percentage of 26.8% is not great, but it's not horrible. And you look at what he's done. If you combine Major League Baseball stats with AAA stats this year, he's played 136 games. He has 25 home runs and 30 stolen bases. So, yeah, there's a lot there to like. A guy that over a full season can be a 30-30 guy. But at the same time, I don't know what his long-term position is. And I don't know if his on-base percentage in the big leagues is going to be much higher than 300. So it's just a frustrating thing when it comes to Ronnie Mauricio. You could say, oh, well, you know, this is the issue. The Mets didn't play him enough. They should have called him up way sooner. You look back at his season, and it's hard to really pinpoint that time. You say, hey, end of May, early June. He was great in April and May in AAA. Awesome. Called him up when he was hot after that. Okay. But in June in AAA against inferior competition, he was abysmal. July wasn't great either. So you look at those couple months, could you have promoted him? I don't know. Then you say, all right, we'll promote him in August. Well, he was coming off two bad months when the Mets did their their trade deadline sell-off. Yeah, maybe you, you could could say, look, they should have just promoted him to promote him and give him extra time against some of that big league competition. But if he didn't earn that promotion with the good August in AAA, who knows if he'd even have the success he's had coming up. And, and also, let's just say that they went to him sooner because you, you could say the, the Mets gave Brett Beatty too long of a leash and maybe he should have been demoted way sooner to get his head on straight and, and try to iron some things out. And you could have gone to Mauricio in that instance. If he joined a Mets team that was really struggling as a unit that was trying to make the playoffs and just consistently coming up short, could he have been you know kind of infected with the entire clubhouse's energy and been bad when he started compared to playing carefree baseball? Again, all of this is not to knock Ronnie Mauricio and say he's not going to be something. Because, again, you watch him on the field, and 
I understand all the hype around him, and I'm really excited about what he can be moving forward to. But I also don't think that he's automatically a starter next season. And I think that the frustrating aspect of this is whether you blame the Mets or not, which the more I look at it, the more I kind of give them a pass with how they manage the season. I'm just left with a lot of questions. And I think the only way to answer those questions is to give him that leash next season. And I think that's what next season could be about is, yeah, you still want to try to be competitive, but I really think that they're going to have to commit to allowing these guys that are up on with the, the big league team right now. They need to give them a, a longer leash and allow them to continue to play next season. That's what I want to talk about next how the Mets manage all these guys going into next year. And, you know, in particular, looking at the two infielders that everyone you know, hopes are part of the Mets future in Mauricio and Brett Beatty, which one is really going to be the bigger fixture for the Mets in their future. That's what I'm going to talk about more next. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. You'll have the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can now stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you can trust them for your groceries as well. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You want even more value? You can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and the best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. You can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $25 value when you use the code LOCKDOWNMLB at checkout. Limited time offer. The terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKDOWNMLB. Don't forget that's code LOCKDOWNMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Brett Beatty or Ronnie Mauricio, who has the brighter future for the New York Mets? It's really tough to tell at this stage, right? But here's something I wanted to look at. When you take Ronnie Mauricio's stats at every stop where he's played more than 100 games, and you look at the league-adjusted offense stat, which is WRC+, again, measuring hitters based on a league average of 100, and that adjusts to each league you're playing. So, you know, you look at 2019 in low A, they're compiling all the different hitters in that league and finding a league average baseline of 100 and comparing guys off of that. 2019, Ryan Mauricio's WRC plus was 93. He had a 665 OPS. OPS is on base plus slugging. You go to high A in 2021, another stop over 100 games. Ronnie Mauricio had a WRC plus of 94, and he had an OPS of 739. So he was 6% worse than your league average hitter. Again, below average, the OPS was below average as well. Last year, um, 2022, he had a 104 WRC plus in double A, 767 OPS. So there was a steady progression for Ryan Mauricio. You got to remember his age, consistently the youngest player in all these leagues he's playing. 
Then you have this year, 108 WRC plus, 852 OPS. Those are his best stats by far. Now, compare that to Brett Beatty, though. And, and that's where I, I just want to get back to a grounded level on each of these guys. Because Brett Beatty, first of all, never really played 100 games at any stop in the minor leagues because he was earning midseason promotions. You know, Ryan Mauricio is a prospect. The Mets have kind of put him in a, in a league and, and kept him there. Now, that's whether he hasn't performed well enough to get that bump. That's part of it. I also maybe think his age comes into play with that. But for Brett Beatty, 2021, that was his first full professional season because, of course, there was no minor league baseball in 2020. Now, in high A, he had a 144 WRC+, plus, so 44% better than your league average hitter. I remind you that in that same season, Ryan Mauricio's WRC plus in that same league was 94. So there was a 50-point difference between the two of them. Okay, his OPS was 911. Now, double A, he has a 118 WRC plus, a 787 OPS. There was a big learning curve for Beatty when he got to double. Then, though, in 2022, second year in double A, he had a 160 WRC plus and a 950 OPS. The stats will tell you that that season, Brett Beatty was the best hitter in that league. So, exceptional stuff. Now, he plays, I think it was 89 games, goes to the AAA for six games, ends up promoted when Louis Guillaume gets injured. He had a last season, has a, a small cup of coffee, gets hurt himself, and we don't really know how his 2022 would have ended otherwise, but that was his season. An incredible double-A run, and he gets all the way up to the big leagues. This year, he spent the whole year in the big leagues and hasn't necessarily been productive. But again, his peaks far ex exceed the peaks of Ronnie Mauricio. And going into this season, Brett Beatty was ranked number 33 by Baseball America on the top 100, number 21 by Major League Baseball, and number 17 by Baseball Prospectus. Ronnie Mauricio was not ranked in any top 100 going into this season, any of those publications. And just baseball, where I work, I think we had him at exactly 100. And the update that just came out last month, we had him at 99. Um, you know, Beatty was, I believe, in the top 30 going into the season. Might have even been in the top 20. I can't re recall off the top of my head. But he was definitely well, well into the top 50 and, and at least in the top 30. Now, last year going into the season, Mauricio was a consensus top 100 prospect. He was at 92 by Baseball America, 78 by Major League Baseball, and 51 by Baseball Prospectus. It's not like he hasn't ever had that top 100 pedigree. But again, Beatty reached a height as a prospect that Mauricio never did. Now, Mauricio has played in 520 minor league games, Beatty 263. Beatty's obviously played way more games this year in the big leagues, but he only has 380 games as a professional. By season's end, Mauricio is going to be pushing up against 550. So, with all that said, that doesn't necessarily mean that because Mauricio has more professional games that he should be more advanced because the age, he's still younger. It's just to say that each of these guys is at the beginning of their minor league career and, and not just their minor league, the beginning of their professional career, excuse me, and deserve some benefit of the doubt in, in either direction right now. We still don't know what either of them is going to be. While Brett Beatty struggled significantly this year, because he was a better prospect, you can't just give up on him. And you have to understand that there are growing pains, and he might come back next year clearly the better player. He came into this season 
clearly the better player. Right now, you're probably saying if you're watching the Mets, Ronnie Mauricio is better. But I just don't know if that's the case. And you, know, you can say, hey, you know, Mauricio didn't have time to prove himself, but you also could say he didn't have enough of a leash to hang himself the way Beatty did. You know, Mauricio had the benefit of playing carefree baseball in September. Yes, he hit safely in 16 to 20 games, but even with that smaller sample size where he was seemingly effective, his OPS on the MLB season is only 66 points higher than Beatty's. He just hasn't broken out entirely to the point where I can say for sure, yeah, he's leapfrogged him. I think they go into the next season in a very similar place. These are guys that still need to play in the big leagues. And the interesting part about it is there's players in double A who could be breathing down their necks midway through next season. You have Luis Angel Acuna, Jet Williams, Drew Gilbert, all of these guys who have a chance to, to be up next year and to be competing for playing time. You know, you could see Acuna or Jet Williams at third base. I think the Mets probably like to keep their speed up the middle, but if Brandon Nimmo is still your center fielder and Francisco Lindor is your shortstop, second base is the only vacant position. And you could have Mauricio there. You could have you know, Cunha there, Williams there, Jeff McNeil. I mean, there's a lot of options. Drew Gilbert could be in center field. He could be in left field or he could be in right field. If he's in a corner outfield spot, that is a place that could theoretically go to a Beatty or a Mauricio. What the Mets need to do at the start of the next season is find a way to get the guys who have graduated. And I think, to me, the one thing I'm not questioning at this point is if Ryan Mauricio is a big leaguer. I think he is. I, I do. I just don't know if he's a starter or if he is this ignitable guy that is on your bench. Because I can see a world where Ronnie Mauricio for the Mets over the next six years is this guy that is a super utility guy who will end up still playing 100-plus games anyway because guys always get hurt. But imagine the role Jeff McNeil has filled. but you know, by a guy that can hit the ball as hard as Mauricio can and who can come off the bench and can steal a base, who can come off the bench and hit a big home run that's a switch hitter. This is why Ronnie Mauricio, I think, really needs to work on all these different positions. It's frustrating because I think the Mets always viewed him as a trade chip. I really still believe that. And I think that's why they were hesitant to move him off shortstop. But now he's behind and what his future role can be for the Mets. Because he needs to learn how to play third base and second base. And he really needs to learn how to play a spot in the outfield. I still believe, you had to ask me right now, because I think where people are starting to go in the conversation of Beatty versus Mauricio, which we're going to have all offseason, because I, I need to you know, look under the hood on both of these guys' years and do a lot of digging on what they found success with this year and where they struggled, particularly with Beatty. But you can see where second base appears to be a spot that's destined to go to either Acuna or Jet Williams. And with that, third base is the ideal landing spot. And Brett Bay was supposed to be the third baseman of the future. But Ryan Mauricio, with his size and his arm strength, you could see him at third base. If that becomes the competition, well, We'll just have to see how that plays out in 2024. But I think it's it's going it's it's a really interesting spot that the Mets find themselves in going into next season because I, I just 
can't make the argument that they should go out and sign Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger and and sign one of these free agents to you know take 600 plate appearances next season when I feel like they need to find out what they have in house so they know how to properly construct their roster in the year that's really going to matter which is 2025. Anyway, that's a conversation that we're going to continue throughout the offseason. I, I want to focus now to the series that lies ahead as the Mets have their last important series of the season where meaningful baseball is being played, even though it's not for them. Mets versus Marlins this week. I want to discuss that. And also Anthony Kay's return to the Mets organization. We get to all of it before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. This is your last chance. Last week of the MLB season, the playoffs are around the corner. This is it. If you want to get in on daily fantasy where you can receive up to 100 time payout on your cash, this is the time to do it. Baseball's never been more exciting. You got a playoff race going right now. You have guys still chasing milestones for the Mets. Can Lindor get the 30 home runs? Can Alonzo get the 50? Need a big last week to do it. Here's your opportunity to pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you can win big. Plus, they have built-in group chat functionality, so you can play with friends, see your group's picks, and copy them with the tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they're safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code LOCKEDON. you get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies are playing in the AA Championship Series tonight, 6.05 Eastern Time. If you want to follow along and sort of watch the game with me, I now have a subtext for the show. Okay, so you can find that in the episode description. Subtext is basically a way where you can get text directly from me. Uh, you can also text me as well, and you know, we can go back and forth. I'm there to answer all of your questions, and I will be watching the game at 6.05, sending out updates about what's going on, my observations. The only place you're going to find this is on that subtext. It's a free trial for the first two weeks, then it's $4.99 a month. Really trying to provide some extra value for those Locked On Mets listeners who tune in every day. This is going to be an extra wrinkle to my coverage of the team. So I really appreciate the support over there. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. So even if you just join tonight, see what it's about. Again, it's a free trial at the beginning. So please, it's in the episode description. Check it out. Uh, Subtext is going to be a lot of fun. It's something that I'm going to continue throughout the offseason where we'll be doing you know, a lot of free agent stuff, breakdowns, extra content that you're only going to be able to get through that platform. Now back to uh, the last week of the season for the New York Mets. Here it is, the last series that matters, Mets versus Marlins, because we know the Phillies are going to have that thing locked up. Okay, Their magic number is one. Uh, I don't know if seeding is going to matter to them, and they're so far ahead. I don't know how they don't end up with that first wildcard seed anyway. So they're going to get the home field, and next weekend they're probably going to be resting, guys. It's really not going to matter. Uh, So this is it. This is your chance to play some meaningful baseball for the last time until next year. And the Marlins are right in the thick of it. Okay. They won their series against the Brewers this weekend. They're one game back from the Cubs in the wildcard race. The Cubs have to play the Braves 
and the Brewers. That that's their final slate. For the Marlins, it's the Mets and the Pirates. A lot easier for the Marlins, you would think. The Diamondbacks are half a game up on the Cubs, a game and a half up on the Marlins. They got one more left against the Yankees. Then they have a series against the White Sox. And they close against the Astros. And the Astros, they might be trying to fight for their playoff life. So you never know. The Marlins have a couple avenues to to squeak in there. Uh, The Reds are still in the mix as well. They're two and a half games back. But with five left to play on their end, looking less likely for them. So this is big, big, big stuff for the Marlins. Uh, Game one is going to be Joey Lucchese versus Braxton Garrett. Uh, Braxton Garrett is kind of like the Marlins ace right now. It's him and Jesus Lazardo with Sandy Alcantara now likely out for the season. I believe they actually said they are shutting him down. Yuri Perez might be shut down with an innings limit. Now that rotation for the Marlins is looking thin. So that's, that's big for them. They need their two guys to step up. They're starting game one and game three of this series. Game three will be Jesus Lazardo versus David Peterson. Game two, the Marlins have not announced the starter and it's Kodai Senga for the Mets. So if you're just, not really caring about the playoff race. That game on Wednesday with Sanga, it's your last chance to watch him pitch for the year. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think he needs six strikeouts to get to 200. So that's going to be exciting. But you want the Mets to win this series and make it really hard on the Marlins where they have to go into Pittsburgh and win every game potentially. Uh, it, it should be fun. The Mets have had the Marlins number this year. If the Mets lose, hey, lottery position. There's, there's ways to find victories however you want to slice it, I guess. Uh, the thing I, I wanted to close the show on, though, is a cool story, and that is the return of Anthony Kay to the Mets organization. He made his Mets debut on Sunday, faced five batters, got all of them out, struck out two. This is a guy that pitched in the Futures game for the Mets all the way back in 2019, which is my first year hosting this show. And honestly, it was the trade that sent Anthony Kay to the Blue Jays that really was a turning point in this show, because I remember... So trade deadline, typically a place where you get some 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 ears on your show in the podcasting world. And as someone that was starting from scratch, you know, there, there was some interest in the show for the first couple of months, but it was that trade deadline and the trade that sent Marcus Stroman back to the Mets that really got some people invested in the show that carried on throughout that final fun second half of the year where the Mets you know, nearly made the playoffs. But Anthony Kay was one of two pitching prospects that was sent out in that deal. It's him and Simeon's Wood Richardson. Richardson's been sent out in other deals. I think he was it was the Jose Barrios trade. Sent Barrios from the Twins to the Blue Jays. I'm not sure if FWR uh, is still with the Twins or if he got moved again. I think he's still in Minnesota. But he was the pitching prospect that it hurt to give up more. Kay was still really good, though. Uh, you know, High draft pick by the Mets. And it has not gone well for him in his big league career up to this point. Parts of four seasons with the Blue Jays. He had a 5-4-8 ERA. This year tried to latch on with the Cubs. Had a 6-3-5 ERA and 11 and a third innings pitch. Had an ERA a little over four and AAA for them, but did strike out over 12 batters per nine. So that showcased some, you know, potential real strikeout stuff from the left side as a reliever. And now he's going to try to stick with the bats. And there's, Always more intrigue when you have a player of a profile like this who came up in this organization, who was a high draft pick, where I think a lot of people are going to be pulling for him. And, you know, you just look at him, and if you had removed that and said, oh, here's a guy that the Mets claimed off waivers in uh, late September 
in a completely lost season, you think, okay, whatever. You see him this year once or twice, you'll never see him again. Because there's that backdrop and because he went to AAA with the Mets and he struck out eight of the 12 batters he faced in a couple of scoreless appearances and now has a scoreless one in the books here, is a left-handed reliever now. I could see him sticking on the 40 until next season. So it's good to see him back, even if this is it. Uh, it was still nice to see him in a Mets uniform and, and just kind of you know revisit history a little bit because there's always that what if, right, when you trade a prospect. Oh, what are they going to become? And, man, you know, I really was expecting, looking forward to them pitching with the Mets uniform. Now we saw it. So it was, it was good to see Anthony Kay, uh, wishing him the best moving forward, a good, strong final week of the season here. And then if he can hold on to that 40-man spot, you never know. Maybe the Mets end up finding a left-handed reliever that provides real value to them over the next couple of years. Or maybe he is non-tender from the roster and we never see him in a match uniform again. Either way, uh, it was still one of the highlights in a weekend that had very few of them as the Phillies just trounced the Mets. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Looking forward to the game later tonight. Again, for anyone who wants to follow along with all of the action in Binghamton, I'll be watching and subtexting. So join that link there uh, in the description and see what that's all about. Uh, for all you everydayers, I'll be back, of course, with the show tomorrow, breaking down the Binghamton game, and uh, we'll see what else. I think I want to do a dive into Jeff McNeil as well at some point this week, so we might do that uh, for Tuesday's show. Anyway, uh, make sure you follow, rate, and review where you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Uh, if you want to catch every pitch the Mets hometown broadcast this week, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.